This is Trek FM. Helling frequencies open. This is your Trek FM Hyper Channel for Wednesday, July 9th, 2014. I'm Christopher Jones, and I have two stories for you today Star Trek Online's future to be revealed in Las Vegas, and Delaware TV station says Star Trek fulfills community importance requirements. First up, While actors and creators from the television series get most of the attention at Star Trek Las Vegas, gamers will have something special to look forward to as well this August. Perfect World is sending four key members of the STO team to Creation Entertainment's annual bash to tell players what they can expect in the game in the months to come. What's more, the game developer is running a contest that will see one lucky player win a pair of tickets to the convention. Now, Perfect World is sending STO lead designer Al River, producer Steven Ricosa, lead artist Brad Stoken, and community manager Trevor Captain Smirk McNesby to the convention to tell fans what they have in the works for the game. Season 9.5 is in development, and there has been some information revealed earlier this month about the revamped crafting system and various other enhancements that will be coming to the game when this kicks off. They say that season 9.5 should be on Tribble, which is the game's testing server, later in July. The session with the developers will take place at STLV on Saturday, August 2nd at 2 p.m. in the Gene and Majel Roddenberry Theater at the Rio. And media will get one on one time with the STO team afterwards. As I mentioned a moment ago, Perfect World is running a contest where one lucky player will win tickets to the convention. These are general admission weekend tickets. You'll win one pair. However, travel, hotel, and other expenses are not included. So this is probably most ideal for someone who was already planning to go, given that it's July 9th. And the convention kicks off on July 31st. But if you do have plans to go and you don't already have tickets, or maybe if you want to take a couple of friends with you and they can bunk up with you if you already have rooms, this would be a great way to get in for free. So I will put a link in the show notes to an article on the dev blog where you can find out a little bit more about what's coming up in season 9.5 and also to information about the giveaway. And you can find out what's going on there. And if you are a player of STO and you go to the convention, let me know how it was afterwards. First of all, let me know if you're looking forward to seeing the dev team or if the convention is more for you about meeting the actors from the television series and hearing them talk. I think it's great that STO is going to have this presence. And I know they're not the only ones either. You know, I had Tim Crosby from Star Trek Timelines on Continuing Mission recently. And I know that they're planning to have a setup at Star Trek Las Vegas as well to tell everyone about that game that's coming up, which is a different game from Star Trek Online. So it, it is great that gamers are getting their share of things at the con as well. Next up, as Star Trek fans, we know that the stories told on our television screens address real world topics that touch our lives. But does Star Trek fulfill the legal definition of community programming? One Delaware TV station is putting the rules to the test by claiming that Star Trek and other classic shows meet the license requirement for programming of community importance, as defined by the FCC. This is a story that I heard about 
at the end of last week, actually. And it seems kind of crazy on the surface, but I wanted to find out more about it. So I did a little more research into this particular station and why this issue came up in the first place, because most of the things that I've read about it pick up today and don't include the background of why this station was moving from Jackson, Wyoming to Wilmington, Delaware in the first place and why there is this issue about community programming for them. So it turns out, first of all, for those of you listening outside of the United States who doesn't know what the FCC is, it's the Federal Communications Commission, which regulates interstate and international communications by radio, television, wire, satellite, and cable within the United States. So television stations and other communications channels in the U.S. have to abide by certain rules established by the FCC. So there's this channel, KJWP, which actually used to go by the call letters KJVI when they were based in Jackson, Wyoming. And they served as the MeTV affiliate. And MeTV is a network that shows reruns of classic shows. So This channel, they wanted to move from Wyoming to Delaware, and they were trying to move as part of a legal loophole in FCC regulations that allows any VHF station that moves from one state to another with no FCC-licensed commercial VHF stations in the area to receive automatic permission to move. So, in other words, if they want to move to a city that doesn't have an FCC-licensed VHF station, then they can get automatic permission to move into that city. But by doing so, they would they would be filling a void. That's why they can move automatically. And it turns out that in 2009, the Delaware Valley market around Wilmington, they had a channel, WHYY-TV, Channel 12, And it was licensed in Wilmington, and that channel, the license was canceled. So there was this void in the Delaware Valley. So this channel wanted to move in there. Now, interestingly, this channel has its antennas, its transmitter is in an antenna farm right outside of Philadelphia. So they're based in Delaware, but they broadcast from this transmitter in Philadelphia, and they served as the MeTV affiliate for Philadelphia. But then the story gets more convoluted. So in 2009, the FCC denied the request to move. And then they tried to have that reviewed. The station requested a review. And in 2011, the FCC denied the request for review. So the FCC does not want this station to move, is how it seems. Then in 2012, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit overturned the denial, and in March 2013, the station changed its call letters from KJVI to KJWP, and then on May 28, 2013, they applied to move to Delaware. Then they became the Delaware Valley's exclusive MeTV affiliate on March 1, 2014, so just a few months ago, and the Philadelphia subchannel 
for MeTV was shut down on the same day, but now KJWP, based in Delaware, is a must-carry channel on Philadelphia cable systems. And apparently the station is trying to balance the community involvement between Wilmington, Delaware, and Philadelphia. That's how I understand it from what I have read. Now, going back to what I mentioned earlier, WHYY, which was the local Wilmington-licensed Delaware-focused channel, was shut down. That was canceled in 2009. So part of the justification for the move and the license is that this channel, moving from Wyoming, would be filling that void and they will be carrying local news and showing programming of importance to the local community there. That's part of the requirement in getting automatic permission to move. And that leads us to the Star Trek part that you may have heard of in the news. So what is happening is that because MeTV is a network that shows classic television programming, that's what this channel has to work with. And they're claiming that Star Trek fulfills the requirements of the license. They say that Star Trek is of importance to the community because it addresses things like international conflicts and civil wars and related arming of combatant parties, which is actual wording in a letter that they filed with the FCC. Also, prejudice and race relations. The place of technology versus man in society. The importance of the rule of law versus the rule of persons. And then in their programming, they actually give descriptions of Star Trek that explains how some of this comes to be. For example, for the Omega Glory, they wrote, The Enterprise investigates the disappearance of another starship and discovers a planet where the inhabitants are immortal and engaged in a strangle parallel of Earth's Cold War period. So I think the catch here in their justification is Earth's Cold War period. So they're talking about point number one they made, international conflicts. A private little war. Kirk becomes involved in an arms race when the Klingons equip a native people with superior weapons. So here again, we're talking about the arming of combatant parties, which goes back to the first point they made in their filing with the FCC. The ultimate computer. Starfleet uses the Enterprise to test a new super sophisticated computer, but it soon develops a mind of its own. Well, that's point number three, the place of technology versus man in society. All right, so it's it's fascinating to me because... I think they are really, really stretching the definition of programming of community importance. These topics are important, absolutely, but they're important to us as a whole, as the United States or the world, any country, any people, these things are important. I don't think that that is what the FCC is talking about. Uh, as, as much as I hate to say it, because I love the fact that they are holding up Star Trek and saying, Star Trek is important to the community. This is stuff we should be showing people. I, I love seeing them do that. I think that they are, while it might be legal, 
they they might be able to justify this and the FCC may say, okay, it meets our requirements. I don't really think that is the intention. By moving to Delaware and filling that gap that was created when the other station was canceled, they're really talking about programming that is of importance to the Delaware Valley community. So think about your local network affiliates. Think about the kind of programming that many of them show during the day. Uh, You know, like I remember when I lived in Reno around noon, there was a show there on the NBC affiliate that was all about current affairs in northern Nevada, things that were happening in the community, especially things related to local politics. I think that's what they're really talking about. What is it on a local level that affects your daily life with people that you interact with rather than these bigger picture topics of Star Trek? So I like to know from you, what do you think about KJWP's approach? Does this fulfill the requirements in the way the FCC intends? I'm just curious to know what you think. Now, obviously, we don't live in Wilmington, Delaware. Maybe maybe one of you listening lives in Wilmington, Delaware. And if you do, I definitely want to hear from you and hear what you think about this topic. So, you know, it doesn't really matter to me one way or the other if they prevail or they don't here. I love the fact that they're using Star Trek to justify this. I find it to be a fascinating case because I really do think that they are not on thin ice. Well, I don't know, maybe thin ice. I started to say they're not going to get in trouble, but then again, they could have their license revoked, I suppose. I don't think that would happen, but it's a debate nevertheless. So let me know what you think. You can find me on Twitter. My username is C Brian Jones, the letter C and Brian with a Y. I'm also on Facebook at facebook.com slash C Brian Jones. And I'd love to hear from you. Now, I do have a network update for you to close out the show. It's Wednesday, and that means the ready room. And today, it's original series time once again. And we're talking about A Taste of Armageddon, which I actually think probably does fall under point number one in what KJWP is saying here. Because, hey, you know... That is about international conflicts, and it is related to the arming of combatant parties because Kirk kind of encourages them to start building bombs at the end. But we're going to talk about A Taste of Armageddon. Of course, we have fun because it's the original series, and you know we've got to joke about some things that we see there in the production. But we also talk about some serious issues about whether the Federation should be trying to open diplomatic relations with a planet that has told them in no uncertain terms, because there's actually a code for this, stay away, don't come near us. And also, is Kirk right in what he does at the end by destroying their computer and forcing them to either fight a true war against one another, these two planets, a mini R7 and Vindicar, or hopefully push them to the negotiation table? So tune into that and uh, see what you think about our conclusions. You'll find the show in your feeds right now. If you subscribe to the dedicated show feed for The Ready Room or to the Trek of Film Complete Master Feed, the Trek of Film Complete Master Feed contains every episode of every show we do. So pick that up and find out what we're talking about all across the network. And if you'd like to share your feedback with me on today's show, you can do that in a number of ways. You can find me on Twitter 
My username is C Brian Jones, the letter C and Brian with a Y. I'm also on Facebook at facebook.com slash C Brian Jones. And you can find the network on Twitter. Our username is TrekFM. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash TrekFM. We have a community on G+. We also have forums at trek.fm slash forums. You can send me a voicemail through the website. And also there's a contact form at trek.fm slash contact. And that will come to me by email. Well, thanks as always for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with some more stories for you. And until then, go watch some Trek. <laughs>